Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Michael Boldea. And uh, it's another week that has gone by. It's another week that's in the books. Uh, and uh, as has been the case for the last few months, uh, another week, another crisis, uh, another uh, bout of uncertainty regarding the future of this nation. And, uh, well, it's not going to slow down anytime soon, is it now? Um, I, I was doing an interview with a, a friend of mine this morning. I, I think he's going to put it up on YouTube sometime Monday. And um, he asked me a question because he has a ministry and uh, he gets a lot of emails and he gets a lot of people that are concerned about what they're seeing. And um, apparently there are a lot of Christians asking... I guess those who listen to me know better than to ask this question of me. But they're asking him, how could God allow this and how could uh, what's happening in this country right now glorify God? Uh, and uh, it, it just got my engine revving. Because for some reason, uh, the average American Christian still believes that American Christianity is the standard of Christianity. For some just unknown reason, the average American Christian believes wholeheartedly that American Christianity is Christianity at its finest, and if God doesn't bless the American version of Christianity, well then, by golly, everyone else is doomed. So we're going to get into that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't take the whole hour, but I, I got steamed. Because this is, this is the problem, isn't it? We're, we're, we're looking at the entire situation from an elevated position still. We're still looking our noses down on other continents, on other Christians, on other forms of serving God that are biblical compared to American Christianity, that are far superior because they're biblical compared to American Christianity. But we still look down our noses on them, and, and, and we're still uh, flummoxed. We're beside ourselves that the American economy is tanking, that nobody can do anything right in the government, that wherever you look, there, there's, there's a new thing to be concerned about. And everybody's, oh my, how, how could God allow this of a Christian nation? Excuse me? A Christian nation? We're going to get into some articles here. Because I need you to understand the inferiority of American Christianity. And I know I'm not going to make a lot of friends with this. I, it's, you know, the, the cat moms out there, just, you know, turn it off right now. Because I'm not even going to answer your emails. I'm not going to address your concerns. Brother, but how can you really expect people to remain pure in the 21st century? I mean, I'm a single divorcee. And if I don't give it up, you know, if, if I don't bed the man, he's never going to ask me to marry him. And other such things. I'm not even going to address it. Either you're biblical or you're not. That's the only thing of concern. 
Either you're following the precepts of Christ, either you understand what sin is and keep away from it, either you understand what repentance is and practice it, or you don't. But let's stop pointing the finger at God and going, oh my, how darest thou? Boom, even King James English. There you go. How darest thou, Lord, allow this upon us? Because you deserve it. Question. Now, before we get into it, because like I said, oh, I, I've been steaming all day. Uh, it's 1 p.m. Central Time, uh, October the 21st, 2021. So uh, this is being recorded the day it's supposed to air. And again, it's not having to do anything with my friend. He, he didn't even know this, this question would get to me the way it did. He was just asking because he's been getting an influx of, of correspondence into his ministry from people who are like, how can the Lord look? What's the best way? And, and, and I gave him an analogy, but as I was thinking about it, uh, today's Thursday, so I went and I had chicken wings. Every Thursday before I record the radio program, there's a little local diner. It's just a dive. I mean, you, you, you probably get three diseases just walking in. But I like supporting local business. So I go in and I have a dozen wings every Thursday before recording. Chicken wings, that is. Uh, and as I was uh, gnawing on some bones, I thought about it. And I realized that I'd seen the perfect analogy uh, for America as a nation and the American church a few days back when I took my kids to the local park. Um, the, the, the local park in our area, apparently they have an excess of taxpayer money and they don't know what to do with it. So they built like a skateboard park or a skate park. And they also have like bike trails. So uh, both of my daughters uh, ride bikes and they not, not motorbikes, not more, but just, you know, the little pedal. So they, they like biking down those paths. It's fun. Well, I, you know, pull into the parking lot, get my daughter's bikes out. They get on the bikes and they ride away. And I'm watching this dad with his daughter. She's probably two years older than my oldest, so she would have been about nine or ten. Uh, I, I, by, by the relationship or the way that I gathered it, because as I've told you before, I read people very well. I understand human psychology better than most. So I'm, I'm thinking that this was dad's week uh, to, to watch her. Uh, I, I got the distinct impression that he was trying to impress his daughter, that he was divorced, uh, and, and this was probably the first or second week that he'd, act, he'd actually gotten her, you know, got to spend some time with her. And so uh, he pulls out this brand-new bike from uh, the trunk of his car, takes out a wrench, puts on, uh, you know, the, the, the safety wheels in the back, and presents the bike to, to the girl who instantly begins to scream at him that she doesn't want training wheels. So the man says nothing. You know, he takes the wrench, he undoes the training wheels again, puts them in the trunk, brings her the bike. She gets on, and he tries to hold the seat from behind, you know, trying to balance her like most dads would, because evidently this was either her first time trying to ride a bike or her first time trying to ride a two-wheel. So he's sort of jogging along the bike and she's looking back and she sees him and she has a fit again and she screams, why are you here? Let go of the bike. Leave me alone. So the dad, 
let's go of the bike. The girl goes five feet and ultimately just, boom, crashes because she doesn't know how to ride a bike. She's just a spoiled little princess who doesn't know that you're supposed to continue pedaling. Otherwise, the inertia of the bicycle no longer makes the wheels go round, and once you stop, you fall over. So the little girl falls over. She gets up. She's got a, like, bruised knee, and she starts screaming at her dad, Why did you do that? Why would you do that to me? And that pretty much is the synopsis of America and the American church vis-a-vis God. God is the Father. The church is the little girl. America is the bike. So for the sake of the little girl, the father was trying to hold up the bike. For the sake of the church, God was propping up America. But at some point, the little girl looks and sees God trying to aid her. And in a fit of rage, begins to scream at her dad, let go, let go, leave me alone, I hate you, whatever. The church looked at God and said, no, 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 no. We don't need your help. Let go. The nation knows which way it wants to go. Inertia is already making us go towards the destination we want to go towards. So let us be, dear Father, let us be. And because God won't force himself on anyone, he says, okie dokie. And he lets go of the bike. And now, this particular bike not only crashed, but spontaneously combusted and now is burning. How dare the church turn around and start screaming at God, why would you let this happen? When this is exactly what the church wanted God to do in the first place. Hey, buddy, hands off. Don't tell us how to live. Don't tell us what we can and can't do. We get it. But we don't want what you're selling. Hands off. And God said, okay, hands off. And now that we're bruised and broken and about ready to be set aflame along with the bike, we have the audacity to turn around and blame God for our predicament. How dare we? I want to read two news articles that I ran across as I was being angry and eating chicken wings on my phone. I got this uh, really cool new phone that the battery lasts longer than 30 minutes, which is awesome. I get to scroll through news and everything for like hours on end. It's Technology is a lovely thing sometimes. But ran across these two articles so that you understand. If you believe the standard of Christianity, biblical Christianity, is the American way, 
then you are fooling yourself. You are deceived. You need to repent and you need to read your Bible. Uh, The first article title, and we're going to get into both of these because it is eye-opening. The Associated Press laments the resistance of African Christians to same-sex marriage. That is the first article. The second article is out of uh, none other than the Christian Post, which says nearly 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. I'll let that sink in. Because, you know, we're America, and we're Americans, and we're American Christians, so we deserve the best. This is American Christianity in a nutshell. Are there exceptions? Yes, there are. A couple of you are listening to me right now who are likely the exception, who don't buy into Americanized Christianity, which is nothing more than spiritualized humanism with a, you know, bit of a flair of Tony Robbins. You know, you can think yourself to wealth. You can project success. Ah, again, Marshall's Home Goods. It's not successful for nothing. The only thing that keeps them in business is probably those handwritten wood signs, but they're a buck fifty to make and they're selling them for forty bucks. All those inspirational quotes. This is this is the problem. We feminized Christianity. There, I said it. I know. Oh, here comes misogynist Mike again. No. It shouldn't be feminized. It shouldn't be masculinized. It should be Christianity, period. But a bunch of cat moms say, well, that's a little too harsh. We don't like that. Why can't we embrace the homosexuals and validate their lifestyle? That would be nice of us. Christianity is not about being nice. I know. There you go. Burst another bubble. Christianity is about man acknowledging his sinfulness, repenting of it, humbling himself, and having a relationship with the Son of God who came and gave his life and died on a tree so that you might be reconciled unto the Father. Do we need to go through it again? But that's not nice. Why would Jesus reject a young man just because he didn't do what Jesus asked him to do? Exactly, because he did. God rejects people who are living in willful, open rebellion, unwilling to change, transform, have the renewed mind, have new desires. I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. That's the Bible. It's not Americanized Christianity, because apparently the Associated Press says, hey, Africans, you, you, you backward spear chuckers, you. Why can't you be as progressive as the American church? Huh? Why can't you embrace and validate same-sex marriage like all these Western denominations have? Because maybe, just maybe, I know, I'm going out on a limb here. Maybe African Christians are still trying to be biblical Christians 
and not a tamer version of the world. <gasps> I know. Oh, my goodness. Michael, how dare you? My cat even said meow. There you are. Exactly. Because rather than look at the situation and go, is he right? Does he have a point? You allow your emotions and feelings to dictate your reaction to the words that I'm speaking, even though the words that I'm speaking are truth. American Christianity is not the standard of spirituality. American Christianity is a cancer, a tumor on true spirituality. It deforms the body, it metastasizes, it eats away everything that is good and wholesome and true and righteous and holy until there's nothing left but a Pat Robertson look-alike tumor. Do you want me to go on or should I stop? Because I can stop. We can talk about the fluffies. But you need to stop pointing at God and saying, how dare you, we're your servants, because you haven't been God's servants in an age and a half. You strengthen the hand of the wicked. And I'm speaking to the American church. You strengthen the hand of the wicked. And then you have the temerity to flick your nose at God and say, I expected better of you, Dad. After you went on and on, why are you holding up the bike? I can do this by myself. Apparently you couldn't do it by yourself, huh? Too late now. Bike's in the ditch. It's on fire. Your knees are scraped. You're trying to crawl away. And even in this hour, even at your lowest, you're unwilling to reach out and ask Dad for help. You turn around and you blame him for your own failure. You turn around and you blame him for your own rebellion. You turn around and you blame him for your own sinfulness. See, once that little girl fell off her bike and scraped her knee, her reaction wasn't to reach out to her dad, Daddy, help me. Daddy, I'm hurt. Because I'm a dad of two girls, man. If I hear my girl say, Daddy, I'm hurt, and there's a dozen rabbit dogs between me and her, I'm getting to her. But see, the only thing that little girl did was look at her dad and blame him for her failures, for her choices and the consequences of her choices. The American church has no one to blame but itself for the position that it finds itself in. It has not an ounce of blame to lay at God's feet because it asked God to be hands-off long, long ago. Because if you're holding on to the bike, then we can't go wherever we want. Well, you didn't want to go in the ditch, did you? But that's where you ended up. See, I, I, I've always been of the mind that as an individual, 
you should under-promise and over-deliver. Be meek and humble. Even if you know that you're gifted. Be meek and humble. But we stopped doing that long ago. Now all we're doing is making unrealistic promises to gullible people. And when our unrealistic promises fall on their face, when they don't materialize, we turn around and blame God. So let's get into this one first. Because like I said, these two articles, man... I actually bit through a piece of bone. That, that's how angry I was. Because, yes, I don't, I don't just, you know, finically eat the meat off. I, I, I bite the bones. Because, man, chicken wings are a buck a piece now. You've got to get every little bit. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Not that it is at a buck a piece, let's be honest. But you'll look back six months from now and you'll go, remember when chicken wings were a dollar a piece? This is why I'm having my fill now so that when they're three fifty a piece, eh, I'll just skip it. I, I, yeah, rabbit trail, what have you. Have you seen that inflation? By the way, just, uh, just unless you think that uh, the, the inflation thing is done with. Uh, back in 2020, uh, they say it was like, what, 1700 bucks to send a container from Asia. Now it's up to 17000 So if you think we've seen the end of uh, inflation, it hasn't even started. But have no fear. Captain Butt Gig is here. And um, that's the transportation secretary, by the way. Uh, that's uh, the man supposedly married to another man pretending to be mother and father to newborn babies that they got some unwitting woman to give up. In case you don't know who he was. But he's also the transportation secretary. Fear not. South Bend, Indiana looks like a metropolis. So we're in good hands, kids. Because he was the mayor of South Bend before he was... a. elevated to the position of transportation secretary because, you know, he ran for president too. Again, people's inflated senses of themselves have no boundaries, do they? Joe Robinette Biden thinks he can be president. Pete Buttigieg thinks he can be transportation secretary. And, uh, well, Kamala Harris thinks she can be queen of the world. So, you know, everybody thinks they can be something. Nobody's happy being what they are. That should be on a T-shirt. You're welcome, you entrepreneurs, you. But Pete Buttigieg says the only reason that we're seeing inflation and the only reason that we're seeing supply chain issues is because some of you troglodytes still haven't gotten vaccinated. So once uh, the jab is at 100%, he's not saying that people won't still be dying from the vids because... Apparently, uh, Colin Powell was fully uh, jabbed, and he went to the great beyond. But let's face it, 84, he had a good life. Now, the one thing that I I do want to get into uh, regarding that, and and we'll get back to this, because you need to be aware, especially for those of you that have kids, uh, the new narrative is that we need to start jabbing kids five and up. And it's not so much for their own safety, because children, by and large, 
unaffected by this. They may have a fever for like 36 minutes, and then they're perfectly fine. No kids are dying of the vid. But the reason we're supposed to inject every single minor child from 5 to 11 with something that has not had any long-term study is to protect the aged and the ailing. So, in layman's terms, I'm supposed to inject my daughter with something unproven to protect a wrinkle bag like Nancy Pelosi in her 90s. Any society, and I tell you this and listen to me, any society that is willing to endanger its young in order to spare its old is a society on the decline and ready to die. Any society willing to sacrifice its young to protect the old, the infirm, the morbidly obese, Whatever you want to call it, I know, but Mike, you're fat. Yeah, but I can still get around and I've never been in a mobility scooter. I'm not talking about chubby. I'm not talking about obese. I'm talking about people that can't get out of their house or people that can't take two steps in the store but need a mobility scooter at 860 pounds. I'm sorry, the vid is the last thing you should be concerned about. But if we're willing to endanger the young, in order to make the old feel more at ease, because apparently it doesn't matter whether you get jabbed or don't get jabbed. If you're, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. If you're not, you're not. It's all nonsense. We just don't know what the long-term ramifications of it are. But just keep that in mind. Because I said it to my friend this morning. How long do you think it'll be? before the people that obediently went and got jabbed to keep their jobs will be mandated uh, that their children be jabbed too. If not, every member of your household is fully jabbed and you're going to get fired. How, how, how long will people go? How much will they sacrifice of their own dignity? Will they sacrifice their own children's health? in order to stay employed for the city of New York or some nonsense? Tick-tock, kids, it's coming. But hey, let's get back to American Christianity, because you know, it's so swell. That's why the Africans should look at what the American church has done and follow suit. (laughs) The Associated Press published a story last Wednesday lamenting African Christians' ongoing opposition to same-sex mariage. While in the West, listen to this, if, especially if you're blaming God for the current circumstances of this nation. While in the West, we are the West, kids, Protestant churches have been vocal advocates for same-sex marriage and LGBTQ rights. Only a few exceptions, with only a few exceptions, this hasn't happened in Africa, where Anglican, Methodist, Presbyterian, 
and Lutheran leaders are among those opposing such inclusion. In Ghana, for instance, leaders of major churches have united in denouncing homosexuality as a perversion. I don't know. I, what was it? Back in the 60s and the 70s, medical journals uh, denounced homosexuality as a perversion as well? Huh? Because they were backwards, too. Yeah. In Ghana, for instance, leaders of major churches have united in denouncing homosexuality as a perversion and in endorsing harsh anti-LGBTQ legislation, the article states, a position mirrored by Christian denominations around the continent. Christians throughout Africa overwhelmingly overwhelmingly oppose gay marriage and often frame attempts by Westerners to pressure them into accepting it as cultural imperialism and (laughs) ideological neo-colonization. Not colonization, but colonization. I know. So close, yet so different. Uh, Look, they don't need to explain themselves. It is a perversion. It is a sin. It is something that needs to be repented of, not something that needs to be validated and embraced. But see, the Associated Press is framing the story in such a way where the entire continent of Africa is, is, is some backwards knuckle-dragging group of individuals who reject something that most mainstream Protestant denominations have embraced in the West. This is, look, listen to this and tell me if it's not, if it wouldn't have been, I'm not going to say if it's not today, because today nothing's perfectly reasonable anymore. We're upside down in a, in a circus tent right now. We're in a hall of mirrors looking and not realizing what we're seeing. But, Tell me this would not have been perfectly legitimate and reasonable. For Africans, male and female are not fluid concepts. Sexual differentiation is not an open-ended consideration. There you go. For God made man and God made woman. That's it. I know. Now it's fluidity. Can you imagine this world in 50 years if we don't end up just imploding? Because this kind of nonsense doesn't, doesn't have an end. It doesn't stop. We went from normalizing homosexuality to normalizing transgenderism. It's a hard push, but they're going to succeed in normalizing pedophilia, zoophilia, and everything else. And at some point, there's going to be one or two necrophiles. What about us? Necrophilia is normal. Love is love. By the way, if you don't know what necrophilia is, eh, look it up. I'm not going to get into it. But every perversion under the sun is being normalized. 
Who was it? Uh, the HHS secretary was just made, what, a four-star general. So it took a dude pretending to be a woman to be the first woman to be a four-star general. You can't make this stuff up. But this is where we are. This is the society that our indifference, our lukewarmness, our insistence on being nice and understanding and validating has gotten us. We created this. And now we have the temerity to point the finger at God and say, how dare you? All God did was take his hands off. You wanted to be a big girl and ride the bike like a big girl? Well, there you are. Not so easy, is it? And even now, we're not calling out to dad for help or to say we're sorry or to repent of ever demanding that he take his hands off. We're angry with him for doing exactly what we asked him to do. Tell me how that makes sense. But see, the Associated Press is angry with Africa because Africa is not as mealy-mouthed and spineless as the Western churches. That's what it comes down to. Africans still, still, still see sin as sin. They don't see male and female as fluid concepts. All are welcome to come as they are, but they shouldn't leave as they came. And what's worse, they shouldn't continue to be encouraged to be as they have always been, since as they have been has been in rebellion against God. Now, I could finish reading this story, but tempest fugit, as the kids like to say. I mean, no kids say it. Let's be honest. Who knows? Time flies in Latin. Kids don't even know their own names nowadays. Tempus fugit nonetheless. Uh, let's get to this other article because I found this again. I know America sets the standard for Christianity. If America sets the standard for Christianity, kiddos, Christianity's in trouble. Los en los trouble. Nearly 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. I'll let that hang for a minute. So if other religions can lead to heaven, why not follow a more permissive religion? Or allow me to sip my delicious beverage even though it's only lukewarm. It was hot when I started. It's been almost 40 minutes and nearly a sip. 
That's how steamed I was. But there we go. 70%. And, and I, to me, words mean things. I know. It's, it's, it's odd. But it's not people claiming to be Christians. It's not people identifying as Christians. It's nearly 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. Now, allow me a query, please. If 70% of these people say that other religions can lead to heaven, can we really conclude that they're born again? I don't know. Allow me my skepticism, if you will. Nevertheless, let's get into the body text of this article. Uh, And just once more, so I don't get the emails and the angry letters. The only reason I'm getting into these things is for you to acknowledge and realize what American Christianity is versus what most American Christianity, what most American Christians believe American Christianity to be. There's a marked difference between what most Christians think American Christianity is, which is the standard, the highest pinnacle of spirituality, and what it is, which is nothing close to a standard of anything. Nearly 70% of born-again Christians disagree with the biblical position that Jesus is the only way to God. According to a new survey from Probe Ministries, a nonprofit that seeks to help the church in renewing the minds of believers with a Christian worldview. The survey, which looked at religious beliefs and attitudes towards cultural behaviors, polled 3,106 Americans ages 18 to 55 all from all religious groups, including 717 respondents who identified as born-again Christians. Born-again respondents were identified based on their affirmative response to the question, have you ever made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ that is still important in your life today? They were also identified by their belief about what happens after they die. Born-again believers agree that I will go to heaven because I confessed my sins and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Uh, what, what, what about repented of my sins, too? What about uh, picking up your cross daily? And following after him, that, that, none of that stuff, huh? This is American Christianity. I raised my hand and I confessed my sins and that's all I had to do. But that's okay because other religions go to heaven too. 
like uh, my friend Habib, he's Muslim, and I told him, Habib, when we get to heaven, you should come visit. And my other friend, Quan Ji, he's Buddhist, and I said, hey, when Habib comes to visit, you should come visit too, Quan Ji. When we all get to heaven, American Christianity. But hey, it's God's fault. We're in this mess because it's God's fault. We did nothing wrong. Why, we confessed our sins and accepted Jesus. We even made a personal commitment that we had no intention of upholding. But that's okay. Jesus forgives. So, when Habib and Quan Ji show up in heaven too, don't be surprised. Because the 70% of born-again Christians sure won't be. <laughs> Seriously, though. Come on. Can you? Can you? Can you lay any blame at God's feet? when we've done absolutely none of the things that God commanded us to do, when we rejected the precepts that set Christ and the gospel apart from every other religion, when we asked God to be hands-off because we thought that him guiding the ship was a little too constraining for us, we weren't getting the scenic route. Why does everything have to be so direct with you? Repent, confess, live holy, pick up your cross, follow. Come on, can't we take a break once in a while? How about just for hot girl summer? So don't blame God. And, and I know it, 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 for some it's going to be a blow. Not so much to your psyche, but to your pride. Because as I said in the beginning of this program, most American Christians look their noses down on every other continent. Every other group of Christians, they think they they, they have actually laid hold of the prize. When they're so far away from the truth, they need a compass to find their way back to the path. Despite this claim by the self-identified born-again Christians in the study, among all respondents ages 18 to 39 who profess an affiliation with some religion, fewer than one out of five of them strongly disagree with a statement that Muhammad, Buddha, and Jesus all taught valid ways to God. Uh, so it's like Baskin Robbins, really. It all depends on what flavor you like. I mean, it's all ice cream in the end. This is this is what Christianity has been reduced to in America. 
But hey, somehow it's God's fault. Fewer than one out of five strongly disagree with the statement that Muhammad, Buddha, and Jesus all taught valid ways to God. So four out of five, or a little more than, well, you know, I, I guess Muslims and Buddhists go to heaven. Yeah. But hey, rising phoenix. Still, some 60% of this cohort said they shared their faith with someone else at least annually with the intent of converting them. If you think that there are multiple ways to heaven, why would you want to go out of your way to convert someone to your religion? Of course, you could be sharing with an unaffiliated person who needs to choose a valid religion, noted Steve Cable, Senior Vice President of Probe Ministries, in his analysis of the data. Huh. The survey also found that among the top reasons given by born-again Christians for not telling others about their faith is the acceptance of pluralism. When asked why they don't share their belief with others, born-again respondents chose they can get to heaven through their different religious beliefs. Make your own God. Make your own rules. Make your own heaven. But you'll be a fool. But this is where we are. So, uh, before we start, you know, beating our chests anew about how American Christianity is the light on the hill, consider that the African continent as a whole is more biblically sound than major Western Christian denominations. We will be called to account for our rejection of the precepts and principles of God for the sake of worldly embrace. That's the nicest way I can put it. Whether you really, really wanted the world to like you, or you were just a coward, the end result is still the same. This is why when people ask me, when, when do you think things will change? Mm. When nearly 70% of born-again Christians stop believing that other religions can lead to heaven too? When major Western denominations stop looking their noses down on the continent of Africa for holding to the reality and truth that there are only two genders and that homosexuality is a perversion? 
So you tell me. When do you think that'll happen? But no, Brother Mike, it's God's fault. Uh Uh-huh. Keep telling yourself that. Because why would we assume responsibility for our own actions? Why, that would make us accountable and adult. But have no fear. The good folks in the Southern Baptist Convention uh, are hard at work trying to remedy the spiritual situation of America. Uh, (laughs) The former chair of the Southern Baptist Convention... Uh, is filing a defamation suit against uh, the head of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for outing him, uh, not as a homosexual, mind you, just uh, well as an American Christian, one of the 70% or one of those Western denominations who poo-poos the idea that We're supposed to have standards and that righteousness and holiness still count for something. Now, where, where do I go from here? What more is there to say? Because we're looking for answers, but we're not looking for answers to the questions we have. We're looking for the answers we want. When the answers we want would be lies. Because I've had this come up. Brother Mike, why do you have to be so harsh sometimes? Because the truth requires it. Because I'm not going to sit here and hold your hand and coddle you and lie to your face. So when I get the question... Do you think this will lead to a great revival? Allow me to reiterate. Nearly 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. Yeah. It will lead to bitterness. It will lead to a falling away. It will lead to brother betraying brother. It will lead to a lot of things. But, or however, revival is not one of the things that I'm seeing it lead to. Because even in our fallen state, even with the bike in the ditch and the scraped knees, We're not asking the Father for help. We're not reaching out for aid. We're still trying to lay blame on God for something God didn't do. Now, will we reach out for help? Honestly, I don't know. Are we too proud as a nation to acknowledge our own failures and rebellion? That's the answer that we need to tease out. That's that's the 
if, if you want to know if it's too late, we have to figure out the answer to that question. Are we too proud to acknowledge our own failures? Are we too proud to cry out for help? Because I, I, I couldn't hang out and watch the interaction between the father and the daughter much longer. My own kids were riding their bucks, bikes up the path and I had to catch up. But by the time I got out of earshot, that little girl never once acknowledged the fact that she fell because she demanded that her father take his hands off the bike. That little girl never once asked for help. That little girl never once reached out. And like I said, she was probably nine or ten. Will we repent? Will we humble ourselves? Will we turn our faces back to God? Will we acknowledge our need of him? These are all questions that I personally don't have an answer for. I can say I hope we do. But then again, 70% of born-again Christians say other religions can lead to heaven. So it's not as though there's any sort of exclusivity, is there? We are in trouble. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to pull my punches, as it were. Because my intent with this program has never been to scare anyone or make anyone anxious. So I'll just leave it at that. We are in trouble. And even the greatest of men would have a very difficult time getting us out of the trouble that we've placed ourselves in. Let's face it, we are not being led by the greatest of men. So, I'm highly doubtful that a good end is in sight for this nation, for the American church, and for the world at large. But what do I know? I'm just a guy in Wisconsin sipping coffee, waiting for 3 o'clock to roll around so I can go pick up my kids and hug them and spend some time with them. Know what's important in your life. And if you've been blaming God for the choices that you've made, if you've been blaming God for the paths that you chose to go down, might be a good time to repent and reach out and cry out for help. Because he's there. He's just been rejected so long and in so many ways that he's waiting for someone, anyone, to reach out and say help. He's a good father. I know that dad was a good dad. I don't know what the problems were between the mom and the dad, but that dad was a good dad. I could see it on his face. 
but it didn't much matter, did it? A lot of lessons can be learned from that, but maybe another time. For now, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. May God keep you. And Gino, if you've got anything to say, the floor is yours. Hey, Mike, uh, stay on just for a minute. Um, the biblical worldview in the church, meaning the Bible's not, the, or the Bible doesn't have error in it, the scriptures are divinely inspired, only 25% of the Christian church in America believes in a biblical worldview anymore. And your statistics are right on. It's really sobering. And, you know, I've been involved a bit with this whole split with the Methodist Church and the African Methodist Church as far as hearing about it from people in the Methodist Church. And when the church starts to ordain gays, when the church starts to okay, like Mike said, homosexuality, and they're beyond that, the whole LGBTQ and whatever synonyms they use, but, you know, a man of God states the facts, and, and Mike's stats are right on. And it's really sobering. You know, he's not trying to bash the American church. He's simply giving the truth of the matter. And, you know, Jesus said when he comes back, will he find faith, and the hearts of many will grow cold. And we're not special because we're in America. In fact, you know what? To whom much is given, much is required. We really need to really look in our heart. Look in the church you go to. What do they believe? Do they believe in the work of God's Holy Spirit and being born again? And do they believe in the narrow path and the old path? And this show goes a lot of places around the world, around the U.S., so surely there's some ears that will hear and listen. And God bless the African church for resisting uh, what, I, what it would be apostasy. And so I just concur. My message is sobering. So is Jeremiah. So is Nehemiah. So was the prophets. You know, they don't whitewash it and they don't tell you what you want to hear they got to tell you what god wants you to hear so thank you for listening to the light of truth radio broadcast